0: It was from this first fitness transformation at a very young age, and then spending about eight years or so continuously dusting myself off and getting back up after many crash and burns, competing in bodybuilding competitions. That's a lot of years of hard lessons. Eight or even 10 years of them. Is bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. The lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm gonna talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm gonna answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. Hey, welcome to the first episode of Everything Else in Bodybuilding. I created this show specifically for two reasons. To cut through all the misinformation and bias in the bodybuilding and fitness industry, you know, like the pink elephant in the room everyone pretends they don't see, and to have a platform to teach strategies on how you can gain a competitive edge no matter where you compete, because let's face it, your entire experience, good or bad, will depend on the federation you choose. This subject is near and dear to me because of my personal experiences early in my career when I did not understand these concepts or the industry as a whole, Plus the many eye-openers I've had over the years as an industry veteran wearing different hats like judging competitions or when doing complete posing and presentation makeovers on men and women competitors. I understand how much competing means to every athlete, no matter what division or federation. And if you are a fitness fan and you're not a competitor, I know just how much you respect and love being a part of the sport and learning all about it too. So in this show, I am your host, Michelle Welcome, and I'm going to be here the whole time with you. It will largely be just me sharing strategies and answering burning industry questions over the course of the podcast itself. But prior to understanding this stuff, I started bodybuilding at a very young age and experienced many ups and downs and hard lessons. I got my start, it was really at 20 years old when I was fresh out of college after graduating a year early, and I was conned by a local startup modeling agency into competing for a fitness modeling contract. So I want to tell you about the purpose of this show and what it's about. It was from this first fitness transformation at a very young age and then spending about eight years or so continuously dusting myself off and getting back up after many crash and burns, competing in bodybuilding competitions. That's a lot of years of hard lessons, eight or even 10 years of them. So I'm going to reference contest prep a lot. If you've never heard of contest prep, it's Literally, the process of transforming your physique to a level of leanness and preparedness required for the show and the division you're competing in, since every division has a different level of muscle and leanness. So, I want to share all these strategies and shed light on secrets in the fitness and bodybuilding industry and what actually changed it all for me. Because ever since about the 10 year mark, everything changed for me. It was a pivotal time. It was when I was judging shows, I owned a gym. I was hosting competition prep workshops, and I was teaching one-on-one lessons to competitors on how to break out of their comfort zone and slay the stage. It was way before it became the thing to do like it is today. It took me a while to streamline all my strategies and teaching styles since the fitness industry does not come with a manual, so I had to compile all the different patterns over many years, notate what worked, what didn't work, and now after 20 years in the industry, I've built my own blueprints and protocols that work. It's been more rewarding for me to mentor others and give the honest feedback that a competitor needs to hear, not necessarily what he or she wants to hear, and to teach strategies that expedite their progress so an entire prep isn't wasted on avoidable mistakes that usually cost people higher placements, and sometimes their sanity after the show. I think back to when I started and how I wish I knew then what I know now and what I teach others now, so I could have been better quicker. But then I guess it's because of 20 years of learning myself and educating others that I'm sitting here to talk about it all. And you're probably sitting here and saying to yourself, should I even be listening to the show? Frankly, if you're new or a seasoned competitor, physique, figure, fitness model, wellness, bikini, whatever division, if you're having success as a competitor and want to get better, or if you're completely lost as someone new to the industry and want an unbiased resource with the most diverse qualifications to give you the education on all the divisions and federations, or simply if you love the fitness and bodybuilding industry and you want to learn more about it from an insider's perspective, then this show is for you. Like I said, I really did start right after college, which was quite a long time ago, and I learned some hard lessons right away and pretty much throughout my first 10 years in the industry. There were some successes here and there, too, which did keep me motivated. Not at first, though. When I did my first contest prep, I didn't even know it was called contest prep, this was, this was a so-called prep, I'm going to say, be, before I even found bodybuilding. And as I said before, it was for a contest where I tried to win a fitness modeling contract. I had done some promotional modeling while in college, but at 5'7", I was an inch or so too short for any commercial or mainstream modeling. So I graduated a year early with an accounting degree, and I was hired by a large accounting firm even before I received my diploma. So get this, I went to school to be a doctor. Came out of school three years later as an accountant. Life is funny, isn't it? So probably not a shocker, but I was bored with accounting within the first year. I certainly didn't fit in. I remember one time sitting in a boardroom for my annual performance review with the management, and instead of hearing about my performance, the anonymous, by the way, I emphasize anonymous feedback, from someone in management was about my clothes It said something like, quote unquote, club clothes don't belong in the workplace. Imagine that. So I remember responding to management and saying that it would have been nice if someone pulled me aside to let me know they didn't like my outfit earlier instead of embarrassing me in my annual review. So me and corporate America never did jive. And yes, I did come right out and talk to management like that. So eh, it really just wasn't for me. So anyways, after having been a three sport athlete since I could hold a ball, I loved fitness. Even in high school, I intuitively grabbed the meal replacement shakes at the grocery store. I I think it was Ensure or something like that to have a breakfast before school. And this was way before protein shakes were a thing and there were better options. So now that I was a college grad and I was bored as an accountant, not playing sports, going to school after work for my master's and living on my own, Every free moment I had, I was reading about nutrition and exercise with my only goal to stay in shape and to be healthy. And then I got a call that changed it all for me. This call was from a company, which was a startup modeling agency that had hired me to do promotional modeling while in college. They had a new set of business partners who were going to host a contest where the winner would get a fitness modeling contract. I had just enough trust to overlook all the red flags. Believe me, I see them now loud and clear. Because as I said, I had done some promotional modeling for them in college. So instead, I latched onto the idea that this could truly be my big break into fitness and my way out of accounting. I had no idea that the entire contest was a scam. And looking back now, the whole scenario was just bad. I mean, bad. (laughs) From the screening call that was done by the organizers to see if you even qualified to compete. It was brilliant. The urgency and the exclusivity tactic making you feel like this was your only chance in life. It was absolutely brilliant. I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And I would say sink is the perfect word because this quote unquote opportunity to compete, it required me to pay them, I think, like two grand or something like that. I didn't want to be an accountant for the rest of my life. So I truly believed this was an opportunity I could not miss out on. And I gave it my all. I was all in. So I hired a trainer that I learned about from a friend at the gym to help me get into the best shape of my life. Over an eight or maybe 10 week period, I ate the same thing at five meals, literally the same thing, you guys. And you want to know what it is? So here it goes. It was one cup of cottage cheese, eight almonds, and one slice of pumpernickel bread. I knew absolutely nothing about macros, just that I was instructed by my trainer to eat a certain ratio of foods. So I played it safe and just ate the same thing every day so I wouldn't mess anything up. And still to this day, I still will not eat cottage cheese. I hate it. I despise it. No matter what you do to it, I still won't like it. I tried cinnamon. I tried sweeteners. blah. So I was up at 4 a.m. every day to be at the gym for 5 a.m. cardio before work. And you, so a lot of you out there can probably relate to this. I worked an entire day at the accounting office, and then after work on some days, I went back to school at night for my master's degree classes, and then on other days, I went back to the gym to meet with my trainer for my workout. I never missed a workout. I never missed a cardio session, a class, or even a meal. I was on point. I didn't want anything to mess this up. So after the eight or ten weeks, I saw changes in my body I had never seen before. My abs were showing for the first time in my life. I didn't even know I had abs. I was even more motivated and excited for the contest because I saw the way that my body was responding. And I thought, maybe, geez, I might actually have a chance at this fitness modeling. So since the contest required us to wear a swimsuit and walk on a modeling runway, literally a catwalk elevated above the judges, I hired a local seamstress to make me a custom made turquoise blue piece bathing suit because there was no such thing as suit designers that you're gonna hear about today, or um I just there's just so many other people who make these suits now. There wasn't anything like that at the time. I just found somebody who made me this simple two-piece. And then I also found these five-inch silver heels with rhinestones. But this stiletto, oh my god, you guys, this stiletto, I it was this like tiny little, um, it was just so small. The heel was so small. And I just so I tried my best with these five-inch heels, and they were cute. So I figured I would rock them anyway. So I literally left no stone unturned preparing for this contest. After about eight to 10 weeks of prep, it was go time. So I hopped on a plane by myself with my pumpernickel bread, my almonds and cottage cheese. And I flew all the way to Miami, once again, by myself to get on a cruise ship by myself to the Bahamas. (laughs) I can still remember the line to get on the ship, you guys. It was something, it just was so long and What was crazy about it is this: it was this so-called exclusive opportunity, so it didn't really seem exclusive with a line literally four hours long with others who were sold the same opportunity as I was. And at first, I thought the people waiting in line were audience members. I didn't realize they were all contestants. Since there weren't a lot of people who fit the criteria of what I was told they were looking for when I applied, they were looking for fitness models. So I assumed people were going to have that fitnessy type of look. And I just didn't see a lot of that. So um, it just seemed odd also, by the way, off to the side. I remember seeing, and I didn't think much of it at the time, um, there was a photo shoot going on before the contest was even taking place. We were just boarding the ship, but over on the side, I could see this photo shoot. And I, I, again, I didn't think much about it but I found out after the contest that the girl in this photo shoot prior to the contest she was the winner and the whole thing was predetermined of course I didn't know it so I waited the 4 hours I already got there I already went through everything to to get there so I figured well I'm just going to see it through so I boarded the ship anyways and then from there it just got worse the ship was extremely dirty it was old I don't even know when it was made it was terrible and we were sandwiched like sardines in the rooms with complete strangers for roommates. At least they segregated you with females and males. So you weren't, there was no co-ed rooms. So there was at least, at least that, um, what pro, uh, that part was thought out. But the contest itself was a hot mess too. And I was crushed and I I just wanted to crawl under a rock. I had put a lot of effort, time and money and I was fresh out of college, so I was really, you know, on my own. And and I put a lot of money into this and in time for this big chance, only for it to be this fraud. And I was so disappointed and embarrassed. Uh, the entire plane ride home, I remember crying on the plane. I was so embarrassed. And it was unlike anything I ever felt before. The contest, my transformation, the possibilities, all of it, it just meant so much to me. And I know there were a lot of people watching my progress. So I dreaded telling people how much of a fail the contest was. I know there's people that can relate to that when you're starting to prepare for a show and everyone's giving you all this attention and you're getting to the show, getting to the show, my show, my show. And then after the show, it's over and, you know, there's really nothing to be excited about anymore or so some people think. So I share all this to say that I know what it's like to prepare for a contest for the first time, whatever your motives to compete are. How you give it your all, how much it means to you, and and really, it's just so thrilling to see your body change in ways you you never thought possible. You get laser focused. At least I do. Super laser focused. All bets are off. I'm in it. I'm in it, and you're re- and really, your entire relationship with food is never going to be the same after you compete, and how lost you can feel after the show if you aren't prepared for it. I remember on that plane ride home, I just was so like, now what? I also know that once you do a show, you're just overall never going to be the same. So in this podcast, I want you to know, and thanks again for listening, guys, that I speak to you not to preach. No one likes that annoying know-it-all, but I talk to you to share and to relate to you in what you're going through. And I don't care what federation you come from either. I'm happy to have you here. A competitor preparing for a show gives his or her all, no matter where you compete, no matter where the show is. I honestly haven't met a competitor that has followed his or her diet and training protocols less because the show they prepared for was a smaller federation like OCB or a large federation like NPC. Everyone works hard. Everyone matters. And after that fitness model fail, I Went to my first bodybuilding show to cheer on my friend, Shelly Kasky, who at the time was 47 years old doing her first competition. I had met her at the gym and I would watched her progress and and I heard that she was doing a show. So I came there to support her. And by the way, at the time, you guys, there was only bodybuilding and fitness divisions to choose from. There's not, There was no figure, bikini, fitness model, and now the wellness categories, the physique, men's physique, classic physique, none of that existed. So never in my wildest dreams did I see myself as a bodybuilder. All I knew about bodybuilding was what I saw on ESPN growing up with a very large, muscular person on stage with a very extreme tan. That's all I remember about bodybuilding. I remember seeing it on stage. At one time, it was on ESPN. I was so inspired to see my friend Shelly on a bodybuilding stage. And I had, I've had i honestly never been the same since. When I saw her up there, I said, wow, I want to do that, too. That's amazing. And Really, after experiencing my own body change and the muscle that was built while preparing for that fitness model contest, it was only because of that that I believed maybe I could I could do this. And at that point, I wanted to see what I could accomplish. So I went ahead and, and I hired Shelley's trainer, John Yops to help me prepare for a bodybuilding show. I'm about 22 or 23 years old, and everyone around me thinks I'm nuts except for Shelly John and my new friend Anne Walsh, who was a personal trainer at John's facility, and she was a former competitor too. I remember Anne's first words for me were, nice hamstrings. I didn't even know someone could have nice hamstrings. Everyone else was less than supportive. Coworkers at my my job thought nothing about constantly critiquing the pre-made food I brought into the office in my cooler, And they often waved sweets in front of my face and would try to get me to have just one, just have one. And you're just not healthy. You're not eating healthy. And my boyfriend at the time kept telling me not to get too big and told me my muscles were unattractive. And my family didn't know what to think of what I was doing. And I remember someone telling me I was too young to be any good anyways. So honestly, there was just such a lack of support and it did hurt. But after the crash and burn from the fitness model contest, nothing could really hurt worse than that. So I had this burning desire to be competitive in bodybuilding, and that was more important to me than what everybody else thought of me. So at least this bodybuilding show was a real contest. So I figured that's at least a good thing. And that first bodybuilding show was very intense. Um, My trainer and my nutrition and training, that was all covered. My nutrition and training was covered. And my trainer showed me what poses I need to do to prepare for competition. But it was I was every day I was stressing about getting on stage to actually do them. Plus, there was this, oh, the 60 second posing routine. I was so dreadful of this 60 second posing routine. That's a long time to do to music, which gave me even more anxiety And this was all new to me, and I didn't want to look like a fool, especially with all the naysayers around me. I could do this, and I was going to be as great as I possibly could. And most people don't know this about my story. A lot of you are coming from my posing clients. Maybe I competed with you. Maybe I judged you at some of your shows. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for coming. But did you know I struggled with stage fright? I literally dreaded my individual posing routine every day. And oddly enough, it was it also irritated me that I had this anxiety in the first place. I was determined to conquer it. Determined. So to this day, this determination to conquer the stage has evolved into a passion of mine to help others conquer their fear, anxiety, their lack of confidence as an educator and somebody who teaches posing techniques in stage choreography. But at that time, of my first show, there was no such thing as a posing teacher. No one really put much emphasis on the posing, really. So I figured I must be the only one petrified of being on stage. I was lucky that my friend Anne, she took me under her wing and she she helped me make up a posing routine to a 60-second clip of the Madonna song Vogue. I loved Madonna growing up, so I figured how perfect that I, I utilize her in my competitions. So having something prepared helped me tremendously. When I placed second at my first show and I received the best poser award, I was absolutely floored and I couldn't wait to tell Anne. She was my first phone call because of how much her help meant to me. Not a family member, not, a, not, a, not anybody else. It was Anne. It was the person who helped me with the one component that I was petrified of the most. And when I got that trophy, which I was not expecting a second place trophy, the competition was stacked. So I I genuinely didn't see it coming. And and then, of course, the best poser award, I was hooked. And at that point, I just wanted to keep going. So I did a few more shows. I actually won an overall title. And then I completely crashed. The dieting, the training, the cardio, it all caught up to me. Post-show, I didn't want to get out of bed from fatigue. I remember that. It was like I was wearing a backpack. I just felt so heavy and just so, so unmotivated. And I struggled with a positive relationship with my physique and and having a healthy balance with food and training. I had no confidence. I thought that I had to do a show to feel motivated enough to get into shape where I felt good about myself. Let me say that again. I thought I had to do a show to feel motivated enough to get into shape where I felt good about myself. Using shows to get in shape and then falling off afterwards is like an unhealthy binge and purge of sorts. I thought of all these feelings, emotions, and struggles. I thought they were all just me because no one else ever talked about them. So I suffered in silence, like I'm sure many of you do, for many, many years because, well, nobody ever talks about it until now because I'm going to be talking about these things openly. So after about a year or two after my last bodybuilding show, this new division called figure surfaced. It was supposed to be a division that rewarded the look of a fitness competitor, but not, did not require the fitness routine. And in my mind, figure seemed somewhat easier for some reason than bodybuilding. I, I thought because I didn't have this posing routine to worry about, this 60-second posing routine, that, that at the time, I didn't think I needed to diet as hard as I did for bodybuilding. I thought maybe I could do this and it wouldn't suck so bad. <laughs> So, I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn more and and give it a try. I heard about a fitness camp being hosted by Kathy Savage in Boston. So, I bought a ticket and went to the event. And little did I know that the fitness event, Kathy would tell me to get on stage in three weeks for my first figure show. Now, Kathy has a no nonsense attitude. If you know her, she just tells it how it is and she will not sugarcoat things. So if she thinks you should go on stage in three weeks, maybe you should listen. So I figured, well, what the heck? Why not? I still had those silver stiletto heels. Oh, first fail from the fitness modeling competition years before. So I pulled them out of storage and Kathy found me a two-piece figure suit to borrow for the show. I totally winged it and did not prepare for the stage component. I figured I'd been on stage before, so I would figure it out that day when I was under pressure. I didn't realize how nervous I would get to walk on stage and pose. I thought I was just hitting a few poses. It wasn't this routine, so how bad could it be? So I was afraid. I, was, I, I, I was ended up being so afraid that I would forget what direction I was supposed to walk in. <sighs> so, in fact, on show day, I could not stop my left leg from shaking on stage. I was so nervous. I had not conquered my stage fright. I was so upset after the show. And the show was just a mess anyways. We lost power. Um, They took the whole show outside. It was August. It was 90 degrees. My tan is melting off my face. Um, My suit, I didn't really know how to put it on. So the front was like this banana hammock. It was so far up on my, my stomach and my hair. My hair, oh my God, it looked like Mother of the Bride. I curled it. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just all a mess. But what made me more upset was for letting it happen, because prior to this, I had won Best Poser Awards in bodybuilding. I'd won titles. But there was something very different about walking in high heels on stage and making my posing look sassy that was just so outside of my comfort zone. I vowed that day that I would never let it happen again. And today, I help others do the same. That's a passion of mine today. I also mistakenly thought show prep for a figure show would be less difficult, and I learned quickly that it required just as much effort. It was just different. I competed in more shows after that first show, and I continued to struggle with the post-show nutrition and training motivation without another show as motivation. That was still a struggle. That didn't go away. I struggled with confidence on stage, and I dreaded the stage walk every single time. At the time, Kathy Savage was the only person who called herself a team, and she had relationships with all the federations. Unlike today, where teams are a thing now, and most teams require you to compete in their designated federation at the time, there wasn't that divisiveness. So I competed everywhere over the years. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm glad I did, because I learned firsthand how different each federation is, and I even earned pro cards in three dramatically different federations. But it was a bit, about the 10-year mark, I was pretty seasoned. I'd say it took me about 10 years. I had many years of trial and error, ups and downs, and I'd built a physique that was competitive by this point. I had started judging competitions and seeing competitors make the same mistakes that I made throughout those first 10 years. I also empathized with what they felt on stage, knowing exactly how nervous, excited, and, and even determined, how determined they were. And it was from judging shows that I realized it wasn't just me that felt these things when competing. When competitors would come to me after the show for judges' feedback, I could see and feel how much the feedback meant to them. Not everyone took the feedback well, but I knew that being honest is what they needed, not necessarily what they wanted. I remember this one time there was a competitor who who just did her first show. She came up to me to find out why she placed third first show, she placed third. That's great. But still, she came up for feedback, which there's always room for improvement and I encourage it. So, and I remember, I remember her and I still think I can still remember this because she, she just stood out on stage, but in a really bad way, like bad. Her posing and stage presence, it was so bad that there was no way, there's just no way you can give her first place and, and giving her first place meant a pro card. So a pro should look like a pro, from head to toe, not just in their physique, but also how he or she carries yourself. She was not ready to be a pro until she bodied what a pro is. And I wasn't that harsh giving her the real talk advice, but I was honest. And I just I told her that she needed to work on her stage presence. So needless to say, she stormed away, angry, because she felt that her body was the only thing that should matter. And unfortunately, on our judging sheets for this particular federation, as a judge, there is an entire column for stage presence that made up one-third of her score. So knowing the judging criteria of the division you're competing in was something that I learned that day. It really needed to be emphasized to competitors so you don't come in third when you could have come in first. And then in 2013, I got a phone call with another opportunity. I can remember being in my hotel room in between the prejudging and the finals at a show I was competing in at Las Vegas. This call wasn't a scam, like the earlier one, but it was equally as life-changing. On this call, the owner of the gym I went to asked me if I wanted to buy it. I didn't know how, but I knew with every ounce of my being that I needed to buy this gym. I could help my community, by being a mentor in nutrition and training. That was a a major drive for me. And I was even more motivated to have a place to host workshops for competitors so that they could have a place to learn about posing and everything that goes into preparing for a contest. Posing classes today are a dime a dozen with everyone who does a show, hosting them and calling themselves a coach. But back then, the concept of competition workshops was new, with really only Kathy being the, the one that I only, that's she's the only one that I knew that was actually hosting them. And I felt I had something special to offer. Having competed in six federations with an original background in the division of bodybuilding itself, a strong foundation in bodybuilding, and having to learn about stage presence as a figure competitor, and then... Having a different perspective as a judge for every division in bodybuilding competitions, I really knew I could help competitors with the one piece that petrified me the most when I started, posing in presentation. I had no idea how many people struggled with this. It wasn't just me. All those years I felt alone and wanted the help. So I decided I would start offering it to others to, to be that person to help them because I really had to spend 10 years working through it all. And I was absolutely mind blown. You guys, I had people traveling all over New England up to four hours of travel each way to come learn how to pose, how to walk in high heels, open their lats and their back poses, guys and your back pose, open those lats and help with creating unique personas, building confidence. And the list goes on. I, I couldn't believe how much demand there was. parents. Parents would drive their kids to me to learn to pose for their first show. Men, women, all walks of life showed up at my door at my gym. I knew I had something special to offer when competitors would come back after their shows to work with me again for one of two reasons. One reason, to keep improving because they wanted more practice, because they wanted to go pro. Another reason, which was unique to my abilities, was to learn a new division or a new federation's posing and stage requirements. I could quickly switch hats among all of them so people would come back to learn and continue learning. So, what started off as group classes quickly became exclusively private lessons. I learned how people worked, how they learned, what made them tick. Not everyone learns the same, and what motivates one person isn't the same as another. I could not believe how many people struggled with walking in high heels, how many people struggled with creating the shapes required for mandatory poses, too. And I say shapes. Because most people think that posing is like a gym exercise. And how many would come to me because competing in their first show was something they were doing later in life? How many that were later in life that wanted to feel good about themselves? I was their confidant, the person that they could talk to, tell it how it is, give them the pre, the during, and the post-show feedback. I was, the, I was with them. the entire ride to the stage as a friend and a mentor who knows what they're going through. I was there for them after the show to help give perspective and honest feedback. And more importantly, knowing what they didn't know about post-show struggles, I was there for them after the show too. Basically what I learned over the years from clients from all divisions and federations coming to me for help, it occurred to me that the nutrition and training protocols for contest prep, although they need to be hundred percent on point, but they should really only account for about 50% of your focus. 50% of your focus. And I say the word focus because your nutrition and training needs to be on point, but it can't be the only thing that you're focusing on. So think about it. You prepare for weeks, even months, for a competition, sometimes even years. You show up with the best body on stage, but then you get second or third place because you couldn't pose. Or you place in the middle. Or how about last? Because you didn't even fit the criteria the judges were looking for. Or maybe you struggled with self-love post-show. There's so much more to competing than just the diet and the exercise. And this is what I've become obsessed with. Just like the show intro says, the everything else in bodybuilding is all about the rest of the stuff that goes into before, during, and after contest prep that should make up the remaining 50% of your focus. What are all the things you need to know? What are the strategies that will give you a competitive edge? And what are the red flags in front of you that you might not see that you should know about and be warned about? I'm gonna teach and share on all these topics. So if you apply all of this to your contest prep and then also have a bomb physique, the sky is the limit for you. Having a great physique is only going to get you so far. When the stakes get higher, when the shows get bigger, Take it from me, a contest judge. The reasons judges mark you down become smaller and smaller. Okay, the reasons become smaller and smaller. The bodies become absolutely spectacular. Everybody's got a great physique. So now we're looking for even the littlest of reasons to not like you. And your mental and physical health are equally as important, you guys. You should question nutrition protocols. You should be educated on why you're being told to take certain supplements. You should look at all options in the industry and you should never, never feel like you have no idea where to start to find information about other divisions or other, other federations. Because at this, at the end of the day, you guys, this sport is, and will always be for 99% of people, I say 99% because there's some who can make it a career, but for the rest. For 99% of people who compete, it's a hobby. You can either burn out in the first year or make it a fun hobby you can do off and on for decades. Like golf, bodybuilding is an ageless sport that if you are smart about it, you compete into your 50s, 60s, and even beyond. I still have competitors who come back to me for guidance seven years after coming to me for help with their first show. Sometimes it's to try a new division. Sometimes it's a new federation. And to this day, I'm still doing my do wherever I see fit too. At the time of this show, I'm preparing once again for a contest where I'm I'm going after my fourth pro card, 20 years after my first competition experience. I'm documenting the journey on my Instagram and YouTube pages. It's Michelle Welcome with 1L. And if you want to follow along, you can go there and do so. But no, I don't eat pumpernickel bread, cottage cheese, although I could fit them into my macros if I wanted to. But no, I don't eat those. And I don't want this to sound weird, like I'm some celebrity or something, but the reason I believe I have had people drive four hours to come see me in person is because of the very processes, strategies, things I've created over the years and the truth bombs I share with them that give an honest outside perspective from not just a coach's view, but a judge and ultimately as someone who understands them as a competitor. It's been a lot of fun over the years, but there are only so many people I can reach with a one-on-one approach. So that's the purpose of the show and why I'm doing this. And since I started, I haven't had someone not become better in some way. Not to toot my own horn or anything because no one likes people that drink their own Kool-Aid, but truly, the people I've worked with not only have an outward transformation of confidence, but they become more confident and more empowered in their everyday lives. Not everyone has earned a pro card or first place trophy, but they all transformed in some way because of the things I know to focus on and the things i know not to focus on and that's what i'm excited about with this whole show bodybuilding is an unregulated sport and i hope to demystify how to even get started and how to become successful both on and off the stage and that's the purpose of the show so hey guys if you haven't done so you you likely haven't because it's the first episode go to www.eeinbb.com that's eeinbb.com And there's a PDF ebook you can download where you can get an overview of five things every competitor from men and women, bodybuilders, physique, figure, wellness, and bikini, the things that you need to know before competing in your next show. You can download the PDF and get a great overview of things I believe are important to know. I'm going to deep dive into the strategies on the show and share a lot of cool stories too. What I also want to do is dedicate episodes here or there where I deep dive on just one topic or one strategy. Or on another episode, I'm going to share a case study on how I approach this one client's transformation and why it works so well. I've worked with a lot of clients over the years, and I have 20 years of not just competing, coaching, and judging. I also have spent many years educating myself in areas like personal training. I've got three different certifications. I have a nutrition certification. Um, I've gone back to school to become a RYT 200 and body yoga instructor. And, and I've also gone to modeling and acting school, where I learned about runway modeling as well. And it's because of the diversity of my skill sets and background that I'm able to do this. And again, not trying to toot my own horn, but I haven't seen anyone with a level of diversity of my background or people to be able to educate on all this stuff. I see a lot of people who do one or two shows and think they're qualified to coach others by applying the protocols that work for them. There's just not a lot of good info on all the other things, though, in bodybuilding that are just as important as nutrition and training. And I'm excited to share all this with you. Anyways, guys, thanks so much. If you would be so kind, please subscribe to this if you think this will be interesting for you. Also rate it. If you can leave some feedback, that would be fantastic. Very, very excited to hear from all of you as well. And if you would be so kind, if you can share it, I will repost whatever it is that you tag me in. Guys, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. What are the things you need to know before competing in a bodybuilding competition? The Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast is dedicated to taking out the guesswork in the industry and exposing all these strategies. Learn five things I think you should know before your next show by downloading your free ebook called Five Tips Every Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Competition at www.eeinbb.com. It's all the no-nonsense information you need, whether you are male or female, bodybuilder, physique, figure, bikini, or wellness competitor. It's free, so just go download my five tips every competitor needs to know before your next show at eeandbb.com.